Hey, welcome to Joyrides. This is Dalen. Real quick, this episode is one that I had on an SD card that I lost. But I found that SD card, so I think for fun we'll just call this an episode from the archives. So without further ado, enjoy the show. You ever heard about the McLaren diagnostic setup for the F1s? Mm-mm. So this was like super revolutionary where you bring your F1 to a McLaren dealership and they plug basically plug an ethernet cord into the car and into their computer and it sends all the codes and everything to the McLaren factory in England where they can determine everything that's going on and then send it back and there is one computer still out there that can still read the codes from a McLaren F1 oh my and they God. just have to keep fixing it because they can't replace it yeah i was going to say it's probably running like windows 95 yeah, it's from the nineties, <laughs> and they can't they can't do anything with it because obviously they need to have something because it's still a big car that everyone has and right. wants. Yeah, everyone has one of them. Well, okay. the people no, I know, who I know them what you mean. Need them maintained. Yeah, yeah. The people that the have necessity. them want to drive them because they're freaking cool. Yeah, I, I don't mean, think people are driving them though. I think somebody drives his. Does he really? Yeah, good for him. Yeah. What does he do? Like, okay, he obviously just drives cars. I know. Like, I mean, aside from his TV show and like. Well, he's had several TV shows. Comedy in the 70s. Yeah. Made well, a bunch of money on No, but I'm TV saying, what does he do? As in, he wakes up in the morning. Puts on denim. Waxes his chin. Puts on denim. <laughs> it, probably yeah. combs his hair back. And then walks out. Into puts his on that m- Canadian tuxedo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then walks out into his massive garage. And drives a Duesenberg to breakfast. No, what, what does he go? Like, is he just, oh, what am I taking to IHOP? Like, yeah, what do you what do? What do you do IHop? with all that? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm going to think I'm going to drive to <laughs> <laughs> He just narrates everything, even when he's alone. <laughs> Something tells me he's probably not going to IHOP. Or alone. I think he's probably going to a <laughs> Waffle House. Yeah, he's a Waffle House yeah. guy. Jay Leno, IHOP or Waffle House? He definitely listens to us. So. And what car he do you will. drive on the way there? <laughs> Whichever one doesn't have a huge oil slick underneath it, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I can only imagine man. that... Half of his garage does not run. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Or he has like a team of people that maintain it. He he has a team of people just building cars for him. Like, yeah. Not restoring, but building. Well, he says, "I want this," and they just make it. That and the thing is, is that it's not like it's not like he has like you know five mechanics because he's got ridiculous cars that they don't make anymore. I mean, you would need to have somebody that knows everything about right. You know his ridiculous right. McLaren. He's got a. He's probably got a Duesenberg guy. He's got and a Ferrari guy. He has, he has guy. the Chrysler jet-powered car. Oh, yeah. He yeah, owns the tur- that. Yeah. The turbine. Yeah. There, there's only like four of those. Yeah, he, he owns one of them. Yeah. Or at least he Who the did. fuck maintains those? Yeah, well, see, what do you I do? I want to interview <laughs> that guy. I want that guy on our... Guy or girl. I want them on our show. That mechanic is cooler than Jay Leno. <laughs> so not saying those don't need maintenance, but I think they're very low maintenance. There's not a lot of moving parts Can in Can you just turbine. get an aircraft mechanic to come in? Oh, that's probably, yeah. It's actually a helicopter engine. Oh. Helicopter mechanic. You know what would be even cooler is, uh, do you guys know what the V2 project, uh, V2 rocket project was? It was like you know, the thing the Germans did at the end of World War II. Imagine if they just <clears throat> used that technology and just put it on the back of like, you know, the Isetta. Just something like that. And something what, that- melt traffic? <laughs> melt traffic. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> awesome. No, the thing is, imagine if Germany decided to be as ridiculous as Chrysler and they were just like, oh, hey, you know this like the Germans don't do that. I don't know. 
I mean, they just got done starting a world war. You think that they're not going to put like a, a jet in a car or something like that? They could have easily done that. Imagine Volkswagen Beetle with a rocket. Yeah. I mean, Messerschmitt made cars. That mm-hmm. is true. Little bubble cars. Yeah, those weird little things. I know they, I keep saying it, but if if you want to see some bubble cars, you got to go down to the uh, Lane Motor Museum down in Nashville. Oh yeah, yeah. bubble you wanna, cars and weird cars. And you want to go like there that. this weekend? I'm gonna beat the shit out of you. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. You want to? Maybe. I'm not doing anything. All right. Maybe we'll go to the Lane Motor Museum. Maybe. Speaking we'll of going and doing Nashville. Things, <clears throat> yeah. It's a long way to go. Speaking of going and doing things, I don't know if you guys have anything planned for February. I think we need to take a uh, Joyride's boys trip over to the Chicago Auto Show. Okay. That is absolutely necessary. Yeah. Depends on the weekend, but sure. Okay. Yeah. I think it's like the either the second or third weekend in February usually. Because my birthday is one of those weekends. Oh, so really like, Happy birthday. Really yeah, like that'd be a in fanta- Chicago. Yeah, that'd be a fantastic birthday. I've got a free night in any hotel thanks to little Hilton Honors app. Okay. Got some rewards going so we can stay there for free for a night. Uh, we can go, I don't know. Hang out in Chicago, go see the cool new cars, see the new Integra, and be disappointed. Yeah, COVID yeah. doesn't exist anymore, so that's yep, true. Just, yep, it left. Yeah, after the election, it kind of just dwindled <laughs> off into nothing. Now that Trump's not in office, COVID doesn't <laughs> exist. Speaking of I Integra, works. Integra's the new Integra's out. Yeah, yep. and you guys saw is, this. It is, uh, yeah the the release pictures. It was yellow, and mm-hmm. I liked the yellow on it. The big Integra down the side, I thought was. Kind of, it's probably an option. Too, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it, it, I'm sure it is an option, but yeah, I feel like a in that much. release, it was probably a bit too much, considering the fact that the car's bubbly. It's not like a, it's not like it stands out, but it's almost as if it says Integra on the side, just so you don't mistake it for a Civic. So, like, I feel like they have to put Integra there for you to yeah, realize, oh, hey, this is a different car. They're if not it just didn't have that and it wasn't bright yellow, it would look like every other car on the road. Exactly. And yeah. the thing is, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Maybe it's a decent car, but I don't think it does the Integra name well. I mean, I'm sure it's not a bad car in itself, but the thing is, it doesn't stick to the spirit that the Integra originally had. You know, everybody looks back on the Integra, and even though it was front-wheel drive, it's recognized as a good, like, sports car, you know, fun car. Um not so much a sports car, but one of the one of the best economy cars that you could pick up at the time. People love them. The Type R is pull really good money today still. I mean, there's definitely a cult following behind the Integra. People love the thing. People recognize it. It looks cool. And so to have the new car come out and literally just be a Civic with like a little bit different bumpers and not really, it doesn't have the sporty spirit that it used to have. And I feel like really that's what they've let go of. It's not that it's a bad car. It probably just wasn't wasn't the car to call the Integra. I think that the problem doesn't lie with Acura. I think the problem lies within car enthusiasts. Okay. If you look at something like Civic, which has been a name since the 70s, like every time there's a new generation of Civic, we go, okay, here's a new Civic. Or uh, Silverado or Suburban. We go, here's a new generation. Okay. Well, then they take away the Integra for a while and we're left without it. And then they announce that they're bringing back a new Integra, and we get all hype about it. And then they release it, and our hopes got too high. And it maybe it's a reasonable car, right? But if our hopes get too high, we're thinking too much of this car before it even comes out. And then, of course, we're going to be let down. I think by now they should be used to that. They yeah. should they should know what to expect. Well, for one well, sense, I our mean, hopes, think about Countach. Our hopes should be high. Okay, that new Countach thing that came out was pretty cool. It kind of looks terrible. Did you see the guy who, the guy who designed the original Countach, 
came out and he had like an open letter to Lamborghini and he said, I did not endorse this thing. I don't know why they redesigned this thing. This is terrible. Like all this stuff. Well, see, I'm thinking like. He's not very happy that his his artwork has been slandered. Mm -hmm. Well, because look at it this way. Uh, Chevy made the Blazer. Terrible. Terrible. Nothing like the old Blazer. It's stupid. Everyone's like, what the hell? Ford made the Mustang Mach-E. Not a Mustang. Just as a Mustang badge and kind of Mustang looking front end, but it's an SUV. You know, why call it a Mustang? Uh, Mitsubishi made the, uh, what the was Eclipse. it, the Eclipse? Yeah. Yep, the Eclipse, Eclipse is now a uh, very, very Crossover. planned car. Yeah, it's like, what do you expect? Yeah. At least it looks better than the last generation Eclipse that was literally like a bubble. Those <laughs> yeah. things looked horrible. Those things were pretty dumb. But uh, Do you remember the one from Fast and Furious, the purple one? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, terrible looking. Oh my lord, the purple one. Yeah, it's from. Was that from number two? Well, so in number Isn't two, three Tokyo Drift. I'm pretty sure it was in Tokyo Drift, wasn't it? Two, they had the convertible that yeah. was purple. Yeah, the co- but that's yeah. not the last gen. Oh, that's not. No. Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, my bad. Yeah. Then there's the one after that that's like every high school girl's car. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're thinking. You're thinking. Um, it was the. It was, what was it, like the 98 where it was like still kind of had decent looks where it had a round front, but then the back was still a little bit more square. It wasn't totally like a hatchback the, bubble yeah. car like the, the one that, generation was. So that movie came out in 2003. And the only reason, or three or four or whatever. The only reason I remember that is because the Mitsubishi Evo, that was the first year that it was legal in America. So mm-hmm. that's the green car that was in there. Mm-hmm. Um and he had something like that where it was still kind of sporty and looked cool in like a 90s way, but it wasn't the like legendary uh, Eclipse. Anyways, yeah, I don't know what the hell they expect naming a car after like a retro car, but then not making it like the retro car. That's so what do you thing. not like about the new Integra that... Well, it has lost its spirit of being the sporty cool civic it's now i mean i don't think it's doing enough to separate itself from the civic that's the thing and like the new civic isn't a bad car Mm -hmm. but when you come out with the integra and people are like okay the old integra was like a civic but super wicked and then you come out with a civic but it says integra on the side i mean what else i mean you got to do more if you're going to use that name the companies should be well aware that everyone's hopes are going to get up high do something different for us. You know what I mean? Okay. Could have could have done like I mean, I don't really know like what to expect out of the car, but if they did maybe 50 horsepower bump um maybe manual transmission is standard like on the old SI and Type R models. I mean, do something mm-hmm. so that people are aware that this is the cool one. Well, this is still just like a base Integra, right? Like, that is true. We yeah. could down the line get something sportier. I was really hoping turbo, for yeah. I was really hoping for like a coupe type mm. R Civic kind okay. of thing. That's I mean cuz it should also be two doors. Yeah. When it when you say Integra, I'm sure everyone just thinks of the everyone, Type R. Everybody thinks of the coupe even though the, the Integra was originally a five-door liftback. Was it really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They made it into a coupe later, but the coupe is is what made yeah. that car. I, I will concede it, to that. Like that was a major car for the day because it just revved super high and had a lot of tuning capabilities. Mm-hmm. Why Why is the one that they're showing off this bright yellow, just says Integra on the side, but pretty big, 
basic. Yeah, you know? it is tricky. And especially when you think about Acura, they're not doing so hot right now. Yeah. I, I mean, mid two thousands Acura what was the, gold. What the hell are they selling? <laughs> two thousand ten yes. Acura was still gold. That was that was pretty good. Like from basically from their inception, I think. For, like from their inception until, until five yeah. years ago, maybe. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they were a really strong brand. But like, if basically you walked into an st- Acura dealership today, I mean, what, what would you pick up? I mean, a lot of the stuff that's in there. Uh, what is it? Do they still call it the TLX? They're like middle level sedan. Acura has always been just kind of a glorified Honda for the most part. I mean, it really is. Every yeah. brand has the glorified version of itself, but like, I think, w- I think if you, you were to s- go into an Acura Honda dealership and you wanted to pick out an Acura, yeah, what grabs your attention beyond I, the Honda? I want to talk about that real quick because you you say that Acura is pretty much just a glorified Honda, right? When I look at a Lexus and I look at a Toyota, I see a completely different product. Right. When I look at an Acura and I look at a Honda, I don't think that much different. Or right. a Nissan and an Infiniti. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, those I think, are yeah. the same mm-hmm. car. I don't think there's enough variation going on in those either. I think the thing and that makes an Infiniti is the isn't interior. Isn't Infiniti on its way out the door anyway? Probably. Or very close to it. I mean, they're kind of in the same place Acura is, kind of confused about what they are. I think Infiniti is a lot closer to death than Acura. Yeah, yeah, just not sure what they are, what kind of products they should make, and just a lot of really bad calls. Plus, Nissan had that really big thing not too long ago with their president. I don't know, what did he get in trouble for? Like embezzlement or something? He probably bought a Toyota. Carlos Ghosn or something. <laughs> he bought a Toyota. He said, screw it, get him he got out. the Camry TRD. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he, he had to get shipped out of Japan in like a piano box, box or something. What? Yeah. yeah, something like that. What? Yeah. I like, didn't hear about that. Yeah, he was like... The law enforcement there was looking for him, and he had to get out of Japan. Maybe the 400Z was just that cool that they had to get rid of him. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) right. No, this was before the Z. This was maybe a year or two ago. So, anyways, they've been been kind of fucked for a while. Hmm. See, but I think Honda to Acura, I think that's the most, like... Because every single car... Whoops. Every single car company has their... Like, this is our glorified brand, you mm-hmm. know? I mean, Volkswagen has Audi. Like, don't tell me those Chevy has GMC, which also is the yeah. same product. They're not doing enough. No, yeah, they're not. The glorified product is no longer Cadillac. It's GMC. It's yeah. GMC. <laughs> Cadillac, I feel, is significantly different than Chevrolet nowadays. I mean, what do they share anymore? I think they have an SUV platform that's shared. Well, but among, is there a car the that's shared? I mean, for the longest time, Cadillac was like its own completely different yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. I always considered like Buick to be the glorified, uh, yeah, Buick Chevy. Well, back in the day, Buick and Pontiac shared a ton of platforms, and Pontiac was supposed to be sporty Chevy, and Buick supposed to be luxury Chevy, right? But now that Pontiac's dead, Buick is more like it's like Chevy, except you're probably old. So right. you, there might be a few more. They're trying to get those retirement but that's checks. That's really about it. True. Yeah. I feel like they're trying to shift old people towards Buick, and make Cadillac their sporty brand. Yeah. Kind of get the young people that. in with on the Cadillac. Blackwing deal yeah. coming out. I mean, that is. I love the new Cadillac stuff. I think it's, it's insane. Car. I hope people buy it so that we continue to see them on the road. Unfortunately, I'd love to see a day where people just walk into Cadillac dealers in droves. Just a river of people walking into a Cadillac dealership. Probably not gonna happen. People hardly buy new cars anymore at all. So to have something, well, I don't know about that. Like new, new car, car sales are like way up. down. So they're way, way down. down because they 
there are no new cars and they've all right been because sold. of shortages. But if you right. follow the general trend before this like chip shortage, it's on the up and up. Well, okay, but here's why: because of COVID, interest rates on loans are super low, mm-hmm. so everyone wants to buy a new car because they can get super low interest on a new car. Mm-hmm. Then there's shortages on materials and chips and everything because of like later down the line now that there are no new cars because of covid with work shortages and not being able to ship anything so i think this is all just a product of covid with the up and up i definitely don't know a whole lot about it to kind of know where it's going to go next but it's definitely on the up and up because of covid and it's on the down because of covid Mm -hmm. yeah and we don't want to get too far into economics on this podcast but I mean, how long will it stay low? What, I mean, are some car brands going to suffer to the point of extinction or near extinction because of the lack of sales right now? I mean, who knows? We're down right now. It could be back up in a couple months or it could be, you know, five, ten years from now that things actually kind of get back to the numbers we were at before. I mean, how low will we stay in this or yeah, how long will we stay in this low point? I actually I, don't know how much the manufacturers are hurting from this. Like, I'd, I'd love to find out. Uh, how much the manufacturers are hurt by this. Obviously, we can see They're it. They're still making money on their service departments. We can see it in... Well, so service departments are with the dealership, which is a franchise thing. So the manufacturers almost never see money from the dealership. Oh, really? So, yeah. I did not yeah. know that. I figured they made something back off of that. Now, the, um, the main, as far as I know, the manufacturers make their money by selling the car to the dealer. Everything from there is up to the dealer. It's like a franchise. It's like a McDonald's store. Okay. I, I, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. So I will say American car companies are hurting a lot because now <clears throat> the main reason why there's a shortage on everything is because we just can't get ships into drop stuff off and we can't get all the materials shipped around. Mm-hmm. Um, American car companies are hurting a lot, but other countries where they can do that, I can't imagine that they would be hurting as bad. Right. Like, yeah. I don't know for sure if you can do this. But if you can load up a truck with chips from China and drive it into Europe, I mean, can you do that? So here's the issue. The Silk Road. (laughs) (laughs) It's still there. (laughs) I got a sneeze I'm fighting off. Hold on. So the issue is that... (laughs) Let me spit in your nose. (laughs) What? Make it go away. That's what I need. You'll spit in the nose, Brent. Cures any sneeze. (laughs) Cures any sneeze. (laughs) Jesus Christ (laughs) so here's the issue is that there are ships that come from China Mm -hmm. or Japan or wherever it's the same area Mm -hmm. and they ship over to California because that's the nearest dock in America and the ships that we have anymore are too big to go through the Panama Canal right and so they just go to like one of five ports on the west coast but most of it's Los Angeles right Mm -hmm. so in California, there was a new law that trucking companies can't have a truck older than 2011, mm. which makes it very difficult for independent truck drivers to be a truck driver, mm-hmm. which means not only can the ships not really dock very easily to get stuff off, but then they also can't move the containers. Right. <laughs> well, the other... the other There's is, that sneeze. Hold on. Being that I work in a... Uh, a semi like semi truck mm-hmm. um, department we've talked about this a lot it's not really the focus of our work but it's just come up all the time we've mentioned right. it 
California is seriously struggling right now because of all the laws. Because not only is that a law where it's like the 2010 or whatever. Right. Uh, or 2011. But the thing is, is that it's also, there's also a problem where there's not enough people in California to fix all of these semis. And the reason there's so many more semis that are being fixed is that nobody wants to buy semis new being that you only have 10 years with it in that state. Right. They just want to fix what they have until they absolutely have to hit that 10 year point. And it's not even that some guys, they hit 10 years or some companies, they hold it 10 years and then just say, Oh, time for a new truck. A lot of them just simply choose not to truck in California. Right. All across the country is needing semi drivers, and the number in California is going down rapidly that those guys just can't get anything shipped. The right. laws have shot the state in the foot as far as shipping goes. It is it is a nightmare over there, and hopefully that does not transcend the rest of the United States. It's tricky because with that shortage of truckers there, what you get then is uh, containers piling up in the ports, Right. And then once you have all these containers piled up, it creates a, just like a bottleneck on the thing. Think of it like traffic. Yeah, and then if ships can't get in because there's containers there, and exactly. the containers aren't going anywhere because there's no semis, yep. and there's no semis because the law kind of colludes with things. So then when uh, all these ports are full of containers, you know, they stuff is... Uh, I'm sorry, I'm really talking slow here, but <laughs> shit gets backed up over in Asia, right? Yeah. Where all these containers are coming from. And so then they're sending these ships back back and forth and you can't send empty containers right what they need over there is empty containers which is the problem have you heard about this like the container shortage is, they actually is a need thing. oh my. They there's need, a shortage for everything yeah, and they it need all... empty containers but they're not allowed to ship empty containers over there because they need to take full containers back and forth right now yeah see we're in a shitty spot yeah this is really fucked and so what's happening is the companies over in asia are having to buy new containers to put shit in which is making shipping crisis increase. Sh- shipping prices increase. And crisis. Yeah, yeah shipping yeah. crisis is Shipping yeah. prices increase. And then we're going to run out of steel because it's all turned into shipping containers. And then once everything gets sorted out. <laughs> we have no out, cars. <laughs> they, once they, everything gets sorted out, there's going to be entirely too many shipping containers in the world. <laughs> well, they're going to use half of the steel to make shipping containers to fill it with steel to ship it over here. Why do we need containers? Why can't we just sh- throw all that shit on the boat? That'd be awesome. It just piled <laughs> up on there. You go through a windstorm and there's stuff just flying just bananas off. Bananas sitting like in a huge Xboxes pile on a ship. Xboxes and PlayStations <laughs> flying off. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Your brand new wheels crushed somebody's Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck them. And then ran over a bunch of bananas. You just get an Xbox in the mail and it's broke and smells horrible. And you're like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> all right. We talked Integra. We talked new car shit. Let's talk about cars that are going away. Hellcat. Hellcat's gone. Not yet, but will be. Uh, two years from now. So the Hellcat will be going away a year after the Camaro. And then... Uh, yeah. So I imagine... How long until the Mustang goes? Hold... I uh, I don't know. I think it'll hang on for quite some time. They'll get yet. rid of the coupe and just keep Mustang SUVs. That would yep. be horrible. They're going to make a gas-powered one. <laughs> well, what I was going to say is <laughs> Four that cylinder. With, the, uh, with the Camaro going away... And the Challenger losing its uh, its big name. Mm-hmm. What are we down to? V six Challengers then? I mean, nobody wants nobody wants. What do the we still have? SRT, SRT Challenger. I mean, not as much as the Hellcat. Yeah. But if your SRT is the top of the line, the guys that have a hundred grand to spend on ridiculous muscle cars are going to say, "Cool, Mustang Boss or Mach One or whatever is out." I hate to admit years. it because I'm not a huge fan of Ford. 
but I feel like the Mustang is the best buy out of that group of cars. It is. Yeah. I, I am not a Ford fan, but the yeah. Mustang is the best modern muscle car. Yeah. As long as you get the V8. Right. I'm right. not even going to look at the V6 and inline four no. models because it's a muscle car. Right. I, I've heard more so than muscle car. I've heard those cars just handle so great. It's more of a sports car. Yeah. The suspension setup is apparently really, really good on those cars. That, and I think the new ones look insanely cool. Yeah, they, they do, do look, look cool. They look Whereas nice. the Camaro and the... Uh, they don't do it for me. The Camaro and the Challenger are not only kind of ugly, but they're also in desperate need of a refresh. They've yeah. looked yeah. the same for a decade. Yeah, I don't get hard looking at those cars. Oh, no, absolutely not. I mean, I don't with the Mustang, but at least it's at half staff down there. <laughs> the, the Mustangs always seemed like a smaller car. Yeah. Which also... The V6 doesn't do it, but that four-cylinder is not terrible. Yeah, they oh, do, yeah. the they do make a decent amount of power. And plus, look at them from the side. The Mustang yeah. has like the most recognizable and just coolest roof line mm-hmm. out of like yeah. any car. I mean, you look at a car from the side, the only car that you look at its side profile and you know exactly what it is, Mustang and a 911. Mm-hmm. I mean, any other car, you might mistake it. I mean, unless it's something ridiculous, you're not going to confuse an Isetta from the side, but not everybody knows what that is. It's the second time you brought up Isetta. They are insanely podcast. cool. <laughs> Speaking of small Mustang, you said it's like a smaller car. Yeah, we got that Fox body out there. Mm. Oh yeah, I, I think it's take an a eighty, eighty-two or something like that. Okay. Or no, what what year did the? Maybe it's an eighty-seven then, because it'd be a nineteen eighty-seven GT three hundred and fifty twentieth anniversary. Uh, I don't know. Fuel injected. Fuel injected started in eighty-six. Okay, I don't know, but it is I a GT three hundred and fifty, and it's a twentieth anniversary, so twenty years after the first Mustang came out, so it'd be eighty-four. Yeah. yeah, I thought the Mustang debuted in '65. Uh, I think it's '64 and a half. Yeah. It was ah. a '65 model year, but okay. Yeah. You know. Yep. Complicated. Yeah. Also, I don't, I don't know if I'm correct here, but I don't think they had a fastback in '64. It was coupe just only. a coupe. The '60 or the sorry, and the fastback didn't come out until '67. Mm. No, there was fastbacks in '65. Were there? Really? Yes, 100. percent mm. Okay. I've never seen one. I only see them 67 through 72. Those are the popular ones. Yeah, uh, I just don't know enough about them. That black one that uh, Ed Woods got. With the red interior? With the red interior. That was a 60, either six? five or six. Interesting. I, I think it like, might have been a 66. I think you're right. But that Fox body is white. I think all the th- GT350 20th anniversary. White with red interior. White with the red interior. Vanilla ice spec. Oh, yeah. I that car is white and white. That car is white with red interior, and it's a it's a convertible. That car is fantastic. It's got like a weird like glass pop up roof thing. Yes. Uh, oh, like the sunroof. Yeah. It was like a pop out window. Yeah. I've seen those. It's yeah. uh, five speed, and it's just so nice. It it drives really nice too. It's a fantastic little car. Oh, I'm little sure. Fox body. That's pretty cool. If if you're thinking about buying a Fox body, do it. Uh, I have a friend that is. So oh, yeah. I'll take a look at it for him. Yeah. I I think that drivetrain in a first gen Mustang is the best mm. with the fuel injection. Mm-hmm. It's a three hundred two, yeah. And again, I'm not a big Mustang guy. So I like Mustangs, and I know that like a lot of people give them crap, but they're just nice cars. <laughs> like there's nothing special about them, right? But the, like a all the dime first a dozen, yeah. All the well, I mean, I guess anymore they're getting fucking expensive, but all the first gen Mustangs. I really like driving those. They're nice. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Not really too much to say about them. Yeah. So and they're, they're fine cars. The fact that we've been talking about like uh, muscle cars a little bit, and we were talking about modern muscle cars. Um, I remember 10 years ago, you could E-muscle. see- E-muscle. 
What? E-muscle? No. E-muscle. Ten years ago, you could see a Mustang, Camaro, or uh, like Charger, Challenger. Often, more like around here, more often Chargers than Challengers. But you saw Mustangs and Camaros everywhere you went. There mm-hmm. was constantly one. Yep. I feel like I don't see them anymore. Yeah, you just see, see like Challengers every Q4s. now and then. Okay, I think the sports car being a nice car, and I'll classify those as sports cars because to the normal people, it's sporty, you know. Mm-hmm. I think the sports car being the go-to thing for a nice car is kind of out. and oh, it's, yeah. it's now a luxury big, SUV. Yeah, crap. big trucks and SUVs are in for luxury. I've seen more in the last 10 years, more people getting into larger trucks, and they're never going to use it as a truck, but just for a luxury thing, mm-hmm. than people getting into sporty two-door coupes with yeah. V8s. Don't get me wrong. Some of them ride nice. The trucks, yeah, some yeah. of the tru- trucks ride really nice. Well, I, I oh yeah, it's a luxury but they're car so now. goddamn tall up that it feels like everybody's just sitting still in traffic. Yeah, and then I'm driving in traffic and it's like, holy shit, I'm going 89 miles an hour. No wonder people think dudes who drive trucks are douchebags. Well, everyone who buys a big vehicle and drives it like that wants everyone to think they have a big dick, <laughs> but then everyone looks at them like they have a small dick. Yeah, and then they're the ones that don't realize that that's what it looks like. And in reality, they're rocking like an average like five and a half sixer. They're they're rocking like a <laughs> like a little smoky like a breakfast sausage maybe. It's a mini corn dog from Tyson. <laughs> they got that Jimmy Dean going on. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy Dean. Dean. Yeah. The microwavable <laughs> breakfast sausage. Sausage and two eggs. All right, yep. off the sausage topic. There's there's definitely Anyways. some good riding like trucks and SUVs out there. Mm-hmm. But the thing is people buy I mean even Jeeps. People buy Jeeps. And Jeeps never are not good riding. Them. I know, I know. No, I'm they aware. Suck. They're horrible. They're, but people, the new one might be good. I haven't driven it. People buy Jeeps and never the off-road J- them. JL. JL. Is that what it is? I think so. Okay. I don't think they're very good. I think they're all shit. People buy Jeeps and never take them off-road, and then buy trucks and never haul anything with it. And then people buy SUVs, even though they have no kids. It's like stuff like that. But back then, when people bought muscle cars, at least they went fast with them. Isn't that kind of the point in a sports car to have fun, go fast? It's not like you'd buy it and then go 35 miles an hour to church or something. I mean, grand yeah. people did do that. But I feel like new vehicles, like the new SUV stuff, is an image, not a necessity. Yeah, it's definitely what it is. Yeah, I don't know how, uh, just because I wasn't alive back then, I don't know how often people actually bought like real muscle cars back then. Like My understanding is like the base model with an inline six was purchased like I don't know, a hundred times for every time a V8 was sold. Yeah? yeah I mean, I, so, I don't know because I hardly ever see six-cylinder well, muscle cars. because nobody like cared to keep them around. Well, okay. that, and that's or they got swapped. Part of it. Yeah. I never see a Firebird Esprit anymore, even though that was like the cheap second gen. Yeah. Is it that everyone said, no, the Trans Am's cooler, or that everybody with an Esprit wrecked it because they they gave it to their high school son? Or they're I just mean, worthless vehicles, and they ended up in the yeah, junkyard. Yeah, they usually rotted out, or people swapped them. Yeah. How many times do you see a first-gen Camaro with a six-cylinder? Every first-gen Camaro I've ever seen is an SS. You don't yeah. see anything else because nobody bothered keeping them. Now, here's a uh, mind fuck for you. 1960, this must have been 68 or, oh, 69 maybe. Nice. Yeah. Yep. So, this is when the uh, Boss 429 was out, which was like the big dog, super expensive, crazy bullshit mustang right you a big dog shut the fuck up (laughs) so when that was out the rarest mustang you could have was a six-cylinder 
premium interior coupe. <laughs> because because why would you buy that? Right. Yeah. But it, it just goes to show that there was a time when everyone's like, okay, I'm going to get this muscle car and I don't want it to just look cool. I want it to actually like have the V8 and all right. that. But yeah, the reason that muscle cars back in the day got such a big thing that, oh, they're an actual real car, muscly, powerful, is because the ones that weren't weren't keep worth keeping around. Right. Yeah. And that's a lot of the thing is that a lot of the like the E thirties, I mean, granted those are eighties, nineties cars, a lot of them that you see anymore are three twenty five I manual cars. You hardly ever see I don't see autos hardly very much anymore. Mm-hmm. Um a lot or of them have probably been swapped. But yeah, I don't see three eighteens anywhere. And IS three eighteen IS. I've seen three twenty five IS quite a bit, but not okay. But not 318. I think I've seen a couple of them for sale. You know they made the ADA cars with an S package? You get like a 325 ES or a 528 ES. Oh, yeah. I did know yeah, that. You get it the gives sport you, suspension or whatever. Well, not only suspension, but it gives you the 15-inch basket weaves. Mm. And then you get like lower like bumpers and stuff. And it car would look cool. And yeah. then it revved to like four grand. Yeah, you could get the economy <laughs> car with the sport package. Yeah, I think that is ridiculous. <laughs> Speaking of weird combinations... uh, Tony had kind of talked about it that there was like rare combo of being a V6 with premium interior. Like, why would you do that? Yeah, my BMW was originally ordered. Um, it was ordered with the sport seats and the sport wheel and the bigger motor of the two. You either had the 1.8 or the two and a half. It was ordered with two and a half. So That's already you're thinking like, big oh, jump. Yeah, but already you're thinking like, oh, this is like sporty. But then they ordered it with an auto convertible top and in tan. It's like what tan top, uh, black top, but tan interior, tan exterior. But they went sport seat, sport wheel, big motor, and then chose auto convertible in tan. So it's like mm. I feel like this was a compromise of like husband and wife, where one of them was like, "I want the auto," and the other one's like, "I want a cool car." And like they ended up just with this ungodly combo. My guess was that, it, so it's a California car. Yes. My guess was that it was a tennis instructor's car. <laughs> okay. Yep. That's fair. <laughs> And they had the money, so they picked the bigger number for the engines. (laughs) No, I feel like a tennis tennis instructor either would have gone with a white or blue car. Okay. I don't know. I'm not a tennis player or instructor. Me neither. I also don't know if back then people would order their cars more often from like a BMW dealership because these were back. This was back before like maybe this was BMW North America put together, right? Well, because this was before like BMW North America was like as big a thing as it was. And I, uh, Max Hoffman. Do you do you guys know who Max Hoffman is? No. He's like the guy who got Subaru over starting to sell cars over here in America. So he was like an, a car importer back in the 70s. Was he the guy that brought all the Subaru 360s in? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah I, that I, guy. Yeah. Okay, real quick, I just want to set the record straight. We have said a lot of factually inaccurate things on this show in the past. And these are things that I catch when editing. For whatever reason, I just couldn't let this one slide. Uh, Max Hoffman was not the person who brought Subaru to America. Max Hoffman brought Volkswagens, Mercedes, BMW, all of those uh, German cars and the like. The person who brought Subaru to America was Malcolm Bricklin. You might know him from the Bricklin SV1. But real quick, he was also the person who brought the Fiat X19, the Fiat 124. He brought the Yugo over here. So you can thank Malcolm Bricklin for that. All right, now back to the show. He's he's the same guy who got BMW over here. So I don't know if this was like still during the time where you had to talk to Max Hoffman to get your BMW. Yours is what is it ninety one? 
mine's an 89, and there's no way this was during no, this period because yeah. there were 300,000 yeah. E30s sold okay. in the United States. Yeah, then this was definitely once they had an established dealer network. But the thing is, Max it's Hoffman just calls them and says, Yep, 300,000, <laughs> send them now. Send them, random combo. No, he, he, he tells them to drop them off at his house. Yeah, <laughs> just, he's just got a, he's got like a runway behind his house. <laughs> just leave him in the street, I'll move him. <laughs> just leave him in the street. We're going to take up the entire city of San Francisco. <laughs> That'd be awesome. No, but it's like, it's almost as if it's like a random combination that BMW was just like, oh, hey, people want to buy cars. What do you think they want? And they're like, I don't know. We're German. They're American. I don't know what they want. Just put random colors and options together. And this is what they came up with. But I don't know. Maybe maybe this was cool back then because it's exactly what Vito Brada had when he put out his second album. So, I mean, I don't is it know. really like same spec? Yeah. Like what? I was watching a documentary on White Lion and Vito Brada, uh, when he got money from like their Pride album, it got big. He went from being poor to being a millionaire in like a month. Yeah. So he went out and he bought a eighty nine 325i. It is tan on tan convertible. And I saw that and I was like, my car is from California and he bought his in California, specifically San Diego where mine came from. I was like, what if I have his old car? <laughs> <laughs> that would be insanely cool. It just what? happens to be worth something. Yeah. yeah. Some guy's like, hey, I'll give you a 500000 No, I don't. Would you immediately strip the red paint off and paint it bronze it again? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so that's exactly, not exactly, but that's pretty much what happened with the guy who bought the first ever Camaro. Really? Is he bought it, it was a dirt track car, or like a drag car, it was a race car, mm-hmm. and it had a V8 and it had a bunch of stuff, and he bought it, and he's like, I'm going to restore this, and he went to go get insurance, and he was reading the VIN to the lady, and- 0001. Yeah, and she's like, oh, you have the first Camaro. He goes, oh, that's cool, and then restored it back to original, and it's like a copper brownish color, not copper, it's like a tan brown color. Inline six. Inline six, I think it was a three-speed on the floor- May, that is awesome. Might have been a power glide. I'm not sure. Okay. But it was like it was like a brown interior. It's like the worst. The fucking, ugliest combo. <laughs> yeah. But it was the first one ever. So it's like, okay, you kind of have to do that. That's like mm-hmm. the first Trans Am ever is the coolest combo. It was. Is it the white and blue? Yeah. White exterior with blue interior. It was a four speed manual and it had the, the 455 or no, that wasn't out yet. So those. What was the big it was motor? Four hundred. Four hundred. That yeah. was the big motor for the, the trans year? for the Trans Am, not the Firebird, right? Because the Firebird started in sixty seven, the Trans Am started in sixty nine. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was the four hundred that made okay. it really big. I thought big. they had a bigger motor than four hundred. I don't just know. Maybe one not. year of first gen, right? Yeah, one year yeah. first gen Trans Am, of which they made eight convertibles. Four were huh. auto, four were manual, and they were all the same color combo. And cool story. It was in like two thousand twelve. Uh, they tried getting all of these owners to meet up. Seven of the eight guys showed up with the car, and this was in like 2012. Like so none of them had guys ride away. A bitch. So they said, "Where's the eighth guy? Where's the eighth car?" And somebody tracked it, and then finally in 2015 they located it in Detroit, in pieces. All the original stuff was there, but it was completely disassembled in somebody's garage. Huh. And this guy spent like two or three years. Um, he finally was able to buy it off the guy for a ton of money, but. Spent years restoring it as accurate as possible, mm. and then they like redid the meet like a few years ago, and all eight showed up. Could you imagine having all eight original convertibles? That's pretty cool. Yeah, that it is, is cool. amazing that they're all still alive. Mm-hmm. I think that is the coolest part. On the topic of the four, <laughs> the four fifty five. Holy shit! Um, <laughs> on the topic of the four fifty five, I don't think they put those in the Trans Ams until. Uh, 75 
76. 74. I know 74 they had it because they had the... Um, that was when they went to the, the the honeycomb wheels and they did the that was boxy when they, nose. Yeah, that was when they went to the boxy nose because they had to have the um, solid the bumper yep. or the rubber bumper. Yep. 74 or through 76 all had the boxy nose, but 76 was full plastic and 74 and 75 had rubber. I thought 74 still had a chrome bumper, but it had the rubber bumperettes. That, and, that could be. Yeah. Okay. Because they. I'm did, not. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. I. I, I mean. Because Pontiac, be right. the second gen Trans Ams, never had a chrome bumper. They had that enduro bumper. Hmm. Oh well. What do you mean second gens? Because seventy four would be a second gen. Right. Uh. The er, Okay. The early second gens. Sorry. Like seventy oh, through seventy three. Yep. They had the enduro bumper. They never had the chrome. Where it was bumper. like it looked like a Le Mans, but taller. Right. Almost, like the nose. Yeah. It was like a yeah. GTO nose. Yeah. Yeah. Also, rare option for a GTO to have a, a chrome bumper because it was a thing and people did that. Like the instead you of You could also get them bumper. with a bench seat. So. Which was very rare because pretty much all of them had buckets. There's a lot of very rare GTO options. My favorite one being the vacuum operated exhaust cutouts. From the factory, what? one year only. There's a Super Bowl ad for it, where this guy's driving through like the um, Sonic, but not really Sonic, because it's the '60s, trying to look for someone to race him, and he pushes the button, and there's a vacuum-operated exhaust cutouts to make your car louder, <laughs> and everyone's like, "Oh, don't want to race this guy. He's a badass," and then drives off. Mm. But I think they said they made 200 of those before they got shut down because they weren't supposed to make street racing cars. Oh, yeah, because that was like some big hammer floating above Pontiac's head for a while. Above everybody's head. GM's like, okay, we can't endorse street racing. But then yeah. it was like, all right, and then makes fucking 500 horsepower cars. Yep. <laughs> but it only has 325 or whatever they said. Right. Uh, that was like the second gen. The second gens they claimed. Yeah. Is that the number? I don't Four, know. In At least for Corvettes, they never had one that made more than 435 horse, but... They definitely had ones that made more than 435 well, Also, horsepower. nothing can be more powerful than the Corvette. Right. Yeah. Uh, that brings me to um, the fourth gen uh, Trans Am and fifth gen Corvette. These cars had the same engine and the same transmission. But when they sold them, they said the WS6 makes 325. The Corvette makes 360. The Corvette was 360 crank. The Trans Am was 325 wheel. They made the exact same output. I will say... They measured them differently so that the Corvette had more power. I will say the Corvette did have true dual exhaust where the Trans Am had two into one, but that's not 40 horsepower. Yeah. That's the only difference I could think of. Well, that and everybody with the Trans Am nowadays has just put true duals on it anyway. Right. Hopefully. Hopefully everybody's done that because you should. (laughs) You should, but it's very difficult to route true duals with that. The way that it's routed. My, yeah, they go way off to the side. I've got uh, three inch all the way through duels. You have dual three inch? Yeah. Holy it works. shit. That's that's how I bought the car. Cause I, it's I was, SLP. I was looking at exhaust for my fourth gen, which only had the LT1, but still. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, I could get dual exhaust, but then it's going to be a motherfucker to route that because routing two threes right where the single three is. is Yeah. Yeah. Or just run a single three and just be fine with it. Well, that and whoever did my exhaust job did a poor job because it's hit the ground about ten times and it's now in the middle. It is pancaked flat. So let me tell you something. Anyway, after working here for a year, 
there has not been a single car that has like a good exhaust. The ones that they're people, all they're all sketchy. The ones that people did have a good, nice exhaust, the way that it's done, obviously spent a lot of money getting it that way. Mm. Usually, when people do exhaust at their house, it's like the welds are just horrifying and There's shit. Just boogers and, everywhere. Yeah. And- there was one guy that routed his brake line through his headers. Yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. The, tell me that's not a fuck? bad idea. Did you see the thing? It was like something online where some guy uh some guy posted like oh I finally got uh I don't remember what it was. He said that he got like subs wired in or something and there's a wire under there and he had it zip tied to the drive shaft. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. That'd be awesome. My Jesus lord. Christ. Real quick, we're at forty five ish minutes. Let's talk about our topic this week. Okay. Yeah, we'll spend like 15 minutes on it, just yeah. wrap things up. Yeah. I mean, record for an hour. It'll cook down to like 45, 50 minutes probably. I think we should cut it off right here. <laughs> All right, let's talk about our topic. <laughs> All right, so today's topic is... That. Damn it. Winter beaters. Before we get there, yeah. let me talk about my pile of shit car okay. real quick. Is okay. it your winter beater? No, it's my normal beater. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I went to go fill up the, the gas tank. The summer beater? The summer beater. Went to go fill up the gas tank. 13.28 gallons. Third gen uh, F bodies have a 13 and a half gallon tank. Oh, you were close. I was cutting oh, that shit. Yeah. All that fuel was Coming in, in the line. <laughs> <laughs> All of it's in the bowl and the carburetor. <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't help that my uh, my gas gauge doesn't fucking work. Mm. Like it works. Mine doesn't either. Okay. In my Trans Am. So, it just, it doesn't. Mine works. It's a GM thing because my Oldsmobile gas gauge didn't work. <laughs> the yeah, more, it was from that era because my Bonnevilles didn't either when I had that. So my fuel gauge works, but the more throttle I give it, the more it reads. And it'll read like... It's a fuel pressure gauge. <laughs> yeah. It'll read like a third of a tank more when I'm on the highway than it actually has. So I'll be going. I'm like, okay, third tank. And then I'll stop and it goes all the way down to E. See, as far as the, the fourth gen F bodies go, I don't know if the third gens use the same tank, but the fourth gen F bodies, they use like a wedge-shaped tank. It's like a triangle laying on its side. And so the float that tells you what your level is likes to get stuck along the way down. I think that was common for just old cars. Yeah, they just, get, I know, they just get stuck frequently on their way down. And so like mine, the way I figured out that, that gauge is not accurate is I don't pay attention to it. Like I'm not looking at it like right. as soon as I get in the car or whatever. It's just like just like everybody treats their gas gauge. You look at it every now and then. So yeah. Like, oh, okay, I'm still there. Mm-hmm. But I'm driving along one day and uh, I'm on my way to class in the morning. And then all of a sudden the car sputters for a second while I'm going uphill. And yeah. I'm in like fourth gear. And I look down at my gas gauge, and it's at half, and I'm like, okay. And I go up this hill, I get to the top, and the car just shuts off. I was like, all right. Like, we'll see how, uh, see what's broken here. And so I'm thinking that, like, something actually like, broke on right. the car or something gave up, you know. And I was just like, oh, whatever. And I'm, like, poking around. I don't see anything that's wrong. And I'm like, what is the deal with this? And I get back in, turn the key over, and look at the gauges again. And all of a sudden, it's reading E. I was like, okay, cool, thanks. So, I know a fourth-gen tank will fit in a third-gen, from what I understand, and I think the fourth-gen tanks are baffled, and they're bigger, so I really want a fourth-gen tank for my car. I think it's uh, a 16-gallon tank. Yeah, that's yeah. what I that's what I heard. And I think they're plastic, too. They're not metal. I'm sure they are. So, they don't rust out, and they're a little lighter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, pretty much every modern tank is plastic. Yeah. Um. Also, my fourth-gen had an issue where... The fuel gauge, it worked, 
but it would sit on uh, full for a long time, and I knew that as soon as it moved off of full, it was at half a tank. And it was just a they had too much resistance in the line, and it was just fucked. Yeah. Huh. yeah. I bought a shit box. Dalen bought a shit box. So, fourth gen Camaros, F bodies. No, I'm just kidding. Go on. <laughs> Dalen got a fourth gen LT1 Camaro. No, I wish. No, I, I got a. I would really like those. That. Are sweet. I like them. Eighty three five twenty eighty. It's a hunk of shit. It's and bad. I checked it out. I have a. Uh, is not my winter beater, but I have an eighty nine three twenty five i. Literally, half that car is just an E thirty. They just made the panels bigger and the seats different. And on the dash, like the gauge cluster, it's all the same gauges. They just put them in different places. <laughs> so you don't feel like you were in the same car. And then one thing I thought was funny is the ashtray. On uh, mm. it's the exact same part, but in the three series, it flips forward, like away from you. Yeah. And then in the five series, it flips towards you. They just mounted it backwards in there, so that it didn't feel like the same car. Which car debuted first, E30 or E28? The E28 would. E28 did. Yeah. Okay. So they're just like sharing parts, trying yeah. to save a little cash. Yep. Can't blame them. I bought this thing for two hundred fifty bucks. Sold that Oldsmobile that was sitting in my driveway to Travis for a hundred. Yeah. So day one, I was only out one hundred fifty bucks. Doesn't run though. Where'd so, you find this? Uh, marketplace. This guy just had it. Yeah. And you're like, fuck it. Yeah. Okay. I just went down there with the cool. cash and picked it up. Yeah. It's that easy. Because he's telling me he's like, oh, you wouldn't believe my phone just keeps buzzing even now, even though you're here. My phone just keeps buzzing with people who want the car. I said, yeah, well, I'm here with the cash. Let's get the car. You know what I mean? Yeah. I showed up. Let's do it. So I bought this thing, and it doesn't run. Uh, Jacob came over and fucked around with it for a while. We figured out that an issue was there's several issues. Uh, I've got a new ignition switch on the way, Mm -hmm. which should solve the no crank thing. That would make sense. (laughs) And then uh, it's also got a bad fuel pump. A new fuel pump for one of those cars is $500. Jesus Christ. (laughs) But I found on the forums... Thank you, forum posters from like 2003. You can buy a Chevy Vega fuel pump for like 40 bucks. Put it in. Works perfect. From a Vega? Yeah. Is it in the tank? Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Tony, I will tell you that my uh, race car uses an F-150 fuel pump. <laughs> Anything's possible. <laughs> so I had a buddy at school who had a uh, 71 El Camino and he put an LS in it. But he like, he got a... LQ4, like a six liter. It's like the worst for power wise. It is the worst LS you could possibly the get. The LQ4 is the best possible LS you can get for turbo builds because those are iron. They are yeah. iron. Yeah. And that's what he wanted to do. But he goes, I want I want a six liter. And since, and this was when he was in high school and he didn't have a lot of money. He goes, since I can't afford a manual, I'll go automatic. And he wanted the 480. He's like, fuck it, I'll get this. And he got a donor car and put it all in. He had a fuel pump out of a Porsche, like like a fucking serious big deal like fuel pump. This fucker was louder than the engine. <laughs> you <laughs> he turn, starts the car up and it's just... Whir. You start the car, you could hear it over the sound of the engine. Oh my lord. It was fucking loud. That's awesome. It was I feel like cool. if someone's fuel pump is louder than their engine, you're about to get gapped. <laughs> well, now... <laughs> My Trans Am 
when you get on the throttle in fifth gear, the sound of the air going into the carburetor is louder than the engine. <laughs> That's like my Trans Am. You can hear that Ram air like induction. Like when you like slow down to a stop sign, you just hear like this like. Mm. Yep. Induction like, noises are cool. Yeah. It sounds awesome. They're cool, but they're not as cool as an engine sound. <laughs> Good balance. Good balance. Yeah. I don't know if your engine sound is lift or tick. I'd way rather tick, have tick, tick, tick. <laughs> so way my, rather have induction noise. My LT1 Camaro had a pretty bad lift or tick and piston slap at when it was cold. The way I got around that is I put headers on it and no other exhaust, so I just couldn't the hear anything. Piston slap else. when cold is supposed to exist. Yes, I know. It's it's a small block Chevy. It's gonna do it. No, it's it's literally supposed to exist. They made them so that uh, your like. Your actual interference yeah, um, when the engine is cold isn't really correct, but as the engine warms up and gets up to temp... Is uh, this in the LSs or in the LTs? Both. Because the LTs was a cast iron block, which, yeah, but in an L- aluminum block, I could see that a lot more. But as, as it heats up, um, your interference is actually uh, a lot better. It's not as tight as it would be with right. another car, and then that way there's less uh, like resistance, I think, was the thought behind it. But yeah. literally any LS or LT... If it's cold out, you'll hear piston slap on the start. Hmm. My Civic did that, but I think that's just because I didn't have enough oil in it. <laughs> that's because the rings were gone. <laughs> <laughs> My Subaru will knock every once in a while, but once again, just because it doesn't have enough oil. Right, your Subaru, that's your winter car, yeah? Yeah. Tell me about that. Uh, I haven't driven it since July, and now it's too cold to actually go out and work on it, so I have to really hope that it just works. <laughs> <laughs> what year is it? 07. 07 WRX? Yeah. Okay, it should still work. 07's good enough. 07's a good year. Yep. It's just, it, now... Head gaskets. Okay. I fucking hate... Do the pe- head gasket delete. Just JB weld the head. Delete. There we go. The I'll delete? Just, yeah. I'll just machine them. Have you seen them. that thing? Yeah. <laughs> I'll just machine them perfectly flat so they don't need a gasket. Yep. And then JB weld the entire thing to Jesus the block. Jesus Christ. So, my car... Everyone's like, oh yeah, Super WRX is going to need head gaskets. It's going to be a pile of shit. Right. My car has not given me any issues that w- would have been wood. from the factory. You can knock on it. Fake wood. Uh, Fair enough. Wood. The, sure there's like particle board underneath this. Yeah, the I'm sure it does. issue, <laughs> that's a million trees right there. I'm, I'm set for life. <laughs> so the issue with that car comes more from me just neglecting it. Neglecting issues. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's how yeah. most issues arrive on most cars. Well, usually what happens, and this is why cars become shit, is you'll have one issue that you're like, eh, that's not a big deal. And then another one will pop up, you're like, yeah, I'll live with it. And then another one pops up, and you're like, yeah, this thing's a pile of shit. All this stuff's broken. Like, Yeah, that's, okay. that's how my uh, girlfriend's car got to the state that it's in right now is... The car used to be really nice, and she washed it frequently, and the thing looked really great. Mm-hmm. And then she slid into the ditch with it one time, like messed up both bumpers, and one of the rockers fell off. She was like, whatever, this car's a piece of junk now. And so her brother put on the side skirt with a bunch of self-tappers, and it's just, she drives what it around. She drive? It's a G6. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> and so, just, things are broke on it. She's like, whatever, I'm just going to get a new car soon. Um, so, you know how I do some racing on the side? Um. Do well, it for Dale. Doing it for Dale. Uh, I needed an enduro car. and um, Need? Yes, need. It's, <laughs> it's a need, not a want. Um, I needed an enduro car. Uh, and w- the cars that have been dominating lately in this class is the RSX. Well, I'm not going to go out and find some different car that might be good. I was just going to buy an RSX. So that's what I did. I looked online for a while, and I found an auction 
for an RSX over in Chicago. Uh, I couldn't buy it because I was not a dealership. So my friend that is a dealership bought this car, got it shipped here. I paid him for it. I picked it up last week. It's clapped out. That's okay. But I'm going to drive this thing for the winter before I race carize it in March or April, whenever mm-hmm. it gets warm out. Um, but yeah, 2003 Acura RSX. It only has 80,000 miles on it. Picked it up for 1100 bucks. Um, the front end has a nice big crack in it. That's okay. I'm going to drift stitch it. Um, of course. <laughs> yep. The bumper's already held on with zip ties because I'm not going to waste my money on push retainers. So everything's zip tied on. Just got some new headlights installed in the thing. Basically, car's mint. Rust all up the side. Mm-hmm. But it's a K20 with only 80K on it. So the thing is, if I drive this car for a few races and something bad happens and the car gets wadded up, that engine is a low-mile K20, and that would be really cool in an E30. Mm. So if my engine in my E30 decides to be a dickhead any longer, it's about to go to the junkyard. I'm going to Japanese eyes, if that's a word. Japanese eyes? Ja- Japanize. Squinty. Japanize. Japanize. There we go. Is that a if, if you if do end up not rip- a word, we'll make it a word. Yeah, yeah we'll put the K. If you end up ripping the engine out of it, paint your bay. Yeah, I will. That that's already Japan eyes sounds very racist. <laughs> okay, yeah, we're gonna. That's well, you got to give your BMW some. He's he's making the ultimate Axis Powers car. Oh yeah, yeah. the ultimate <laughs> Axis Powers machine. I'm gonna put Italian machine. flag seats in it. <laughs> the the ultimate Axis Powers machine. Yep. And then I'm gonna Ferrari replace badges. No, I said I was gonna replace the BMW badge with Alfa Romeo badge because oh, it's a circle. Oh yes. Just get one made that fits like in the. I bet they just fit. They probably do. I could probably just put one in there. It's the same thing. Same manufacturer. They're yeah. both made by Bosch. <laughs> <laughs> Bosch is out here making badges now. Yep. Oh my lord. Jesus. Christ. Oh, that'd be awesome though. But yeah, I was. I actually the reason I didn't paint uh, the engine bay on that car is because I was like, I'm gonna manual swap this thing at some point. Mm-hmm. I'll just do it engine out, mm-hmm. and then I'll just paint the bay then because I did not feel like masking off literally everything in the engine bay to do that. Right. Which, yeah, that'd suck. You're is gonna it manualize a, that car? I'm gonna manualize that car. Is it a red exterior with a tan engine bay? Tan engine bay, but that's okay. Sounds like the puke. seats are tan, so it matches. <laughs> no, red and tan looks cool. So I'm going to show you a picture. Okay, tan interior, yeah. Yeah. Tan engine bay, no. That's okay. Don't pop the hood. There's nothing cool under there anyway. <laughs> Should I paint the engine bay? On I'm my... about to show you 120 horsepower, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Should I okay. paint the engine bay on my 1 Series tan? Do it green. <laughs> get get some sheet metal and make the like engine cover thing that for like a car show. Oh, yeah. But just cover fucking everything. <laughs> cover the whole <laughs> engine bay with sheet metal? Yeah. Literally from, from fender to fender, <laughs> cowl to hood, just completely cover it just with... A huge thing. And like just paint it huge, red. Huge piece of tin. <laughs> rattle can it red and then write with a Sharpie like BMW V8 or something. Just right on top of it. <laughs> Hand well, draw the BMW logo on What it. is the coolest fucking engine you could possibly put in there? SR20. LS. SR20 I did actually SR20 consider. Cool. Except uh, those are just kind of hard to come by, honestly. Are they? Yeah. No, SR20s I thought were pretty common. Well, if you can find one for less than 1500 bucks, shove it up oh, my okay, ass yeah. and I'll put it in my car. <laughs> I From last I checked, you're going to be looking at like three grand. Yeah, I don't feel like spending three grand on this clapped out Bimmer. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Get the, uh, get the BMW 3.8 liter. That 3.8 liter inline okay, six. If I'm, I'm going to get a 3.8 liter, I'm just going to swap in a Buick 3.8. No, get yes. the, the BMW awesome. inline six. I put like 400,000 miles on it. All right, we're going to wrap up this podcast by saying... Uh,
Dalen and I were playing GTA Vice City last night at the That's same time, doing the same missions. On Discord. Yep, and I will tell you, I got absolutely pounded <laughs> by a Fonz gang. By a Fonz game? It, gang? Gang. Yeah, you know the Fonz? Yeah. Imagine 30 of them. <laughs> <laughs> it was like that. Wait, Vice City. Yeah, there's one character in yeah, Vice there's City Vice, that looks like the In the Fonz. remaster, he looks exactly like the Fonz, and I was fighting like 30 identical Fonzies. Oh, God. He's like one of the gang members. He's supposed to be like a greaser or whatever. Yeah, he's like Fonzarelli and meatballs just killing you the whole time. So, do you know uh, GTA 4 has an online mode? Yeah. See, I never knew that, and I really want to play that, it now. I played that, uh... When I was younger, me and a bunch of friends. Is it still that. supported? No. I, I was gonna say I doubt it. I don't think it is. Yeah. Because you need at least on PC, you buy it on like Steam or whatever, and then it would say like, oh yeah, you need games for Windows Live Plus or some stupid garbage like that in order mm-hmm. to play online. But mm-hmm. that service is shut down. So I'm sure there's a way around it by using uh, like Hamachi or one of them other like sketchy third party things. But yeah, just hopping up in the game and hanging with your boys. It ain't going to happen. Nope. That's for five online only. That's a show.